Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients, so here's one of those. I'm Mark Tapper. I work at Tapper's Jewelry. Did my first shift when I was 10, sweeping. That was my skill set. I wasn't excited about extending my career at Tapper's, so Dad went his way, I went mine. He made the plans to expand Tapper's in Detroit, I went to college in Boston. And I learned that happiness comes from what you work for, not what you're given. And there's something quite satisfying about a well-swept floor. So I worked, I traveled, I married the love of my life, and somehow found my way back home. Dad's story became part of mine after all, and now our story crosses paths with yours. I want you to follow your dreams wherever they lead you, and I want you to marry the love of your life, and I'll show you how we can help. I get to sit in the big chair now, but as my wife will tell you, I can still push a broom with the best of them. It goes around, it comes around, and when you need us, we'll be around. Tappers, tell us your story. I'm Mark Tapper. I work at Tapper's Jewelry, the store with the cleanest floors in Metro Detroit. Steven, I don't know. We're, we're fairly early in the series here, but we're going to uh, venture into the ladies' undergarment department. Is that what I understand? That's where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this, the story of Spanx. Yeah. Spanx was started by Sarah Blanke um, in 2000, and she had no history in fashion. Mm-hmm. She- have a history in in any of those things and you know she's now a billionaire so she took this from 2000 to today she's a billionaire and and i think anytime somebody does that it's like pay attention there's something to, there's something to learn here and the story starts with her basically putting on these expensive she's she she's going out to an event or a dinner and she puts on these expensive cream colored pants and there's panty lines she's like i don't want that that that's yeah. not so, so what did she go to? She goes to the control top pantyhose. But the problem with that is she wants to wear open-toed shoes. She's got these great open-toed shoes that she wants to wear. So she grabs scissors, chops off the feet, puts them on, puts on the shoes, and out she goes. And it's all great, except what happens is, is the legs keep rolling up. So she's like, well, like, <laughs> and she thinks to herself and then she looks around she discovers there's no there's no footless control top pantyhose out there anywhere like they don't exist so so she starts figuring out well how can i make this how can i make this work and and there's two lessons in this story is the first of all is she discovered a problem that wasn't being solved mm-hmm. and pretty clear when you think it through it now seems obvious that that's a problem that a lot of women would face you don't sure. want panty lines, you want control top, and you want to be able to wear open toe shoes. That's not a stretch that this is a big unsolved problem. So she figures out how to solve the problem, but then it gets more interesting. And she goes knocking door to door to top hosier companies to find a manufacturing partner. So she wants to find someone who wants we'll to make this. Yeah. Yeah. No, not interested. No, not interested. No, she gets rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. And then there's one night she gets a telephone call. And honest to God, when you hear her being interviewed, this is how it's put. This plant manager calls her and says, you know what? 
we'll help you with your crazy idea. Yeah, we're willing to, to figure out how to how to make this this crazy idea. So even this person was like, I'm not really excited. But I was like, well, what the heck? You know, it's a crazy idea, but what the heck? Well, we'll 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 do a flyer and 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 give you a give you a hand on making this. So she persevered. The manufacturers all were rejection, rejection, rejection. So you think, okay, great. I got it made now, right? Yeah, now she's got now she's got product. Now I got product. I built a better mousetrap, right? Billionaire, right? No. no. <laughs> she then hustles. It took her ages going store to store to store to store to get somebody to actually stock this. Mm-hmm. And clear as we look at it, we go, this is a good idea. Anytime something's a brand new idea, it's amazing how often people go, I don't think it'll sell. So she had to actually shepherd the, the, the product. She shepherded it into production, into existence, and then had to uh, shepherd it into department stores yeah. that didn't understand it. Uh, in fact, I remember listening to her story in that she, in the first first time she got it into a store, and I think it might have been a Nordstrom's, I, I could be wrong on that, but she ended up having to go into the store because they would put it off you know, buried it behind other hosiery products. And she would go in and stand next to the display and engage with shoppers, right. like physically in the store, you know, shepherding women to actually try the product as well. She had to treat that business as as almost a, a toddler, you know, like, like you had to bring this child up and show it the ropes and, and let people get to know it. Uh, it's an amazing story of, of perseverance. Too often we look at it and go, well, if I build this better mousetrap, create this better pantyhose, it's all I got to do, right? And it's like, yeah. well, or now I got this product. Now I got the product. It's easy. And it's like, it, it, it's no. Or now I've got it into the store. Now I've got it in Nordstrom's. <sighs> yeah. A company, I'm done. No. Well, that's the fallacy of that old that old saying, you know, if, if, if you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door. And I don't think it actually said that. And that's never the case, right? You, you may have a great mousetrap, but if you don't tell anybody about it. Right. And, and, and here's the other thing that she understood is that when she got it in Nordstrom's, it wasn't going to stay in Nordstrom's if it didn't sell. So what you need to do, even when you finally get the product placed in the, in the location that you want, you need to have a marketing strategy for driving business to it. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Brought to you by the Least Full of Shit Marketers Association of America. Yes, that's a low bar, but we clear it mightily. We're also the largest pay-per-performance branding group in North America, and that part's for reals. If you're looking for advertising advice geared towards local owner-operated companies, this is your podcast. And now you can pick the brains of these advertising geniuses over lunch without having to pay for lunch or even leave your office. We're talking 90 minutes of straight answers to all your burning questions about lead generation, customer acquisition, mass media branding, how to get off the paper crack treadmill, anything you want. And the only coin required is candor. Because we can't give no bullshit advice without basing it off no BS data on your company, competitive landscape, operations, and all that jazz. We send you a pre-Zoom questionnaire. You fill it out candidly, and boom, 
Bob's your uncle, you're in like Flynn, and we'll be frank as fuck in giving you the straight scoop on all the advertising and business growth questions you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. You'll also get our no pitching and no bitching guarantee. No pitching means we won't pitch you or try to sell you in any way. If you want more after 90 minutes, you'll have to ask. And no bitching means if you don't think the meeting was worth your 90 minutes, we'll send you 100 bucks. Consider it us picking up the tab for lunch and putting our money where our mouth is. Sound like a not-so-full-of-shit offer? Well, that is what we're known for. Take us up on it at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. You need to have a marketing strategy for for driving business to it. Look, I used to do work years and years ago. This was actually before I became a Wizard of Ads partner and I was working with a brewery and this brewery has now since been bought by a national brand. So they're now owned by one of the big breweries. So they did really well. But what we would do is we would get, um, so in Canada, we have these liquor stores that are owned by the government and that's where your craft beers are sold. So we would get the man and they would have a certain amount of space that would be dedicated for a local craft beer. And so we would convince a manager to have that local craft beer and they put it in the store. But here's what we knew. If it didn't sell, it wasn't going to stay. So Mm -hmm. we immediately have an on the grounds, heavy, expensive local marketing campaign just to drive people to the store to buy that beer. Because then what we knew was. Then when you went to the next store, you go, hey, Dave, Dave's had great success, right? And also it was an awesome product. We get people buying, the, trying the product, going to the, but you, you can't just sit there and go, I got a great product. I got it in the store, job done. It's not as simple as that. Now, there's a point where you get in Nordstrom's and you get three or four stores is doing well. It's a high margin item. Everybody else catches on. It gets placed well. Then the next retailer wants it. And yeah, eventually that momentum grows. The next thing you know, you're a billionaire. But boy, the early days is is hustle, hustle, hustle. And don't expect that just because I got a good idea and I get it made and I get it in a store that you're going to have success. Yeah. The, the, the story of, of it's, it's a great story of perseverance. It, yeah. it really is. It, it, it reminds me of the old Churchill quote, you know, we shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and the oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. Fight on the beaches, the landing grounds. We'll fight in the fields and the streets. We shall never surrender. Yeah. Right. She did not give up. And she had so many, so many reasons to, right? It's like, well, I can't find anybody to produce this. I guess uh, at some point she even quit her really, really good job. Yeah. <laughs> You have to pursue to keep fighting for this. So uh, it's an amazing story. Being an entrepreneur is hard, but there's a great positive in the story of the success she had. There's a caution in this story as well. And the caution in the story is being an entrepreneur, owning a business, shepherding in a brand new product or an idea requires perseverance, requires strength, requires shoe leather. It requires sweat and grit. And if you're not prepared to do those things, there's a reasonable chance that you're not gonna you're not gonna succeed, and that's just the reality um, of it all. And and frankly, if you're not prepared to do those things, don't become an entrepreneur. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute empire-building session, you can do it at empirebuildingprogram.com. We'll be right back.